Welcome to the American Dad Podcast. Hey, everybody. Today's episode is about the fourth best episode of season three in our estimation, which is Lincoln Lover. Woo! <laughs> it's a good one. I like it. Yes. Everybody should. Lincoln could Lover. Have, could have easily gone higher, I think. Really? I think I think it's a pretty good episode. Mm, I it's think our strong. top three episodes are super strong, though. I think that well, I don't. We, we can talk more about it later. I'm just saying. I think our number one episode would punch this episode through a wall. <laughs> but it is a good episode. That's why it's number four. It was between this and abusive terrestrial. Or no, yeah, the abusive terrestrial. Yeah, that one. Uh, four, four, and five. We knew that. So it was just a matter of which one was which. The downside of this episode is that there's very little Roger. Hmm. Um, but the downside of the abusive terrestrial episode is the B plot. Oh, it's rough. And ultimately, we had to decide between the Mr. Pib B plot, which was really lacking in sparkle, and <laughs> this episode, which basically has no B plot. Right. The, the Mr. Pib B plot feels like a time filler. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted a Mr. Pibb. I went one week just desperate for Pibb. Is does Mr. Pibb still exist? I have no idea. I would have liked one though. Desperate. So you didn't for look for it. No, I didn't look pib. for it. You would have found out had I drank a Mr. Pibb and kicked my ass. All right, let's move on to. You can't get a Mr. Pibb from a machine. Oh, speaking of which. Mm. Uh, okay, so Paul, <laughs> you got hit on today at Union Station. Yeah, on a train station. Which has never before happened to you. Has never before happened to me. It was super weird, and I must have seemed like a real weirdo in all, in all my reactions because that's it doesn't happen a lot. I'm goofy. I'm a big, goofy thing. Okay, so you got hit on by a girl, and your first... What is the first thing you said to her? <laughs> what was the first thing you said? I'm too old for you. First thing, tried to shut it down. Tried to get out of that weird thing. I mean, we've just seen way too much Dateline. We've seen too much to catch a predator. How old was she? She was 22. Well, it's not bad. She looked like she was with two other girls, and they were really fucking giggly and shit. And it made, they were, they were all wearing backpacks. Oh. Backpacks plus giggly makes me think, you need to go on from here. Yeah, don't they touch me. braces and pigtails. <laughs> They all had skippets on their ankle. And if it was she can gross. drink, it's fine. I think it's fine. There might be other problems other than the ability to drink or not drink. But <laughs> <laughs> would you go on a single date with somebody who stood out as the only person who's ever hit on you in public? I mean, you're on public transportation every day. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing that you've never been hit on before because... Because I'm a tall drink of water. I'm a catch. Uh, Damn handsome. I'm just saying like, you know, just thousands and thousands of people. I don't know. Well, sitting next to people on the bus and train and stuff. It's just weird. Like people don't want to go up and bother other people while they're commuting because it's a pretty miserable experience. But they're not just saying that they want to go out with you. They're saying more than that. They're saying that they would have sex with you. Well, they're saying I, there was an instant attraction there. Yeah. Right? They were like, oh my God, look at that guy, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying the default. What is wrong with this poor girl? <laughs> but we, we won't go into what might be mentally wrong with her. 
<laughs> but the default toggle here is I'll have sex with you after a date. It oh. does seem that way. Yeah. I think after an approach from a, a woman. Uh, oh, I guess that's true. If you ignore uh, the fact that there might be something desperately wrong with her mentally. I don't know, though. She was with two other girls, and I think that that kind of thing can lead her to. On. Yeah, right. Doing things that she wouldn't normally do. If she were alone and she was like, oh, you're quite handsome, I, she probably still would never go up to you. Yeah. No, it seemed, the friends seemed kind of shocked that she was doing it. Oh. Like, stop. Maybe she. Weird. But yeah. Oh. She just saw something she liked. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just She's saying. a little over caffeinated. If, it's, just a, come back from if it's a technique, then you should just go for it. You should take her out. You should reward her for that. I do think that people should be rewarded for bravery. Yeah. Like Reward her. Say, you're so brave, and then take her to Denny's. <laughs> right? Let's see how brave you are at this Denny's. Not the stabbing Denny's, Paul, the nice Denny's. Oh. No, we're going to the stabbing Denny's. Ooh. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll see. We'll, we'll tell you how this develops, if it does. I don't know if it's going to develop. Philip, I can't say the word. Don't you dare bring her back to this house while we're not here. <laughs> I don't need any little 22-year-old thieves coming <laughs> in, stealing her cats. She'll touch her nice stuff. A plot, B plot. Kalalo, dramatic sting. That was terrible. Is the first segment. What do we have? Despite believing gay people are evil, Stan allies with the log cabin Republicans to secure a spot to speak at the RNC. Stan really wants to speak in the RNC, at the RNC in this episode. And he's basically, he'll take an invite from anybody. Mm -hmm. And he draws the interest of the log cabin Republicans, which is a gay group of Republicans. <laughs> right. When he creates a play where about uh, Lincoln's bodyguard. I'm trying to think about whether I knew that what who the log cabin Republicans were before this episode, but it came out so long ago I couldn't be sure. Yeah, it's hard to tell, but I think that I did know who they were. I feel like outside I did. of this episode. Yeah, at some point I feel like I do think they were a popular, or it was a popular tidbit. Pop, yeah, pop culture thing at around the same time, though. Right. Yeah, I knew. About the phrase log cabin Republicans before knowing that they were gay Republicans. Mm -hmm. Because I think at some point on my Facebook, I put that I was a log cabin Republican because I'm like, it just sounds cool. And uh, I would think a log yeah. cabin Republican would be somebody who's very rustic yeah. and likes, is very manly. Real Nick Offerman. Yeah. Maybe they're you, mostly You would bears. make a log cabin. <laughs> okay. B plot. Uh, there's no B plot. As the we've already plot stated, uh, takes up a full twenty-two minutes. It's um, it, impressive. It stretches out, makes itself at home, right? And there's really no <laughs> dead space, so they they probably had to cut stuff to get it down to twenty-two minutes. It's just a big a plot. Ooh, what if there wasn't B plot that involved Haley and Klaus? Cut that shit right out of there. Didn't need it. I would like to commend you for saying stretches out, makes itself right at home. That's a nice little turn of phrase. There. Our next segment it. is called. Toby and Deborah watch 2000. Toby and Deborah watch 2000. <laughs> Toby and Deborah. Toby and Deborah watch 2000. It's been a huge disappointment, like Paul, and lost all of our funding. Right. So he could only give it a cursory glance. Let's see what he's <laughs> what he found. 
I wish we had never added Deborah into this conversation. This was your doing. Shut up and get, get on with Deborah. it, Paul. Deborah's not in the episode, but Toby is. Toby makes his triumphant return as a member of the audience. Yeah, as a member of the audience for like the weird Lincoln play that they go and see. A big mirror goes down over the audience with the word slaves on it. Aren't we all just slaves? And Toby's there. Toby's a slave. Toby is the type of pet shop owner who would go to a very modern, weird play. He supports the arts. The local arts. I think he's there as part of his second job with the CIA. I think there's a couple of CIA operatives in the audience, and I think he's there keeping an eye on things. Right, because it's a pretty unpatriotic portrayal. (laughs) Test drive the new Lincoln Continental. The McRib is back! Toby's back. Made his triumphant return. Never again. Our next segment is called A Box of Flip-Flops So the Girls Could Dance. Which is basically just Small details that ultimately made it the most beautiful day of my life. Paul, what is your box of flip-flops? My box of flip-flops so the girls can dance is that Lincoln Lover ends with I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard. Which is relevant because? Because he's portraying Lincoln's bodyguard? Yes. Oh, okay, good. I really wanted to get that right. (laughs) The song I Will Love You is for the movie The Bodyguard. Incorrect. The song I Will Always Love You is for the best little whorehouse in Texas. Wrong, Paul. It was for... (laughs) It was not for Porter Wagner's old ass. It was for Dolly Parton's breakup with her manager, Porter Wagner. I guess he wasn't actually her manager, but he had to deal with her. <laughs> and then it became a hit for when she released it for that. Mm. And then it became a hit again when she re-released it for Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And then it became a hit again when Whitney Houston did it for The Bodyguard. And- Booyah. Booyah. R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. What's your box of flip-flops? My box of flops (laughs) is Greg and Terry have pitcher and catcher license plates. And guess who's the pitcher and guess who's the catcher? Oh, shit. It's pretty obvious. Oh, okay. Terry would be the catcher. Yeah. All right. I don't know if Stan was aware of that fact from the (laughs) license plate when he went to approach Terry and said that he was a power top. If my terminology is correct, I'm a power top. I'll get my jacket. Mm. My box of flip-flops so the girls can dance is that Haley doesn't have any lines in this episode, but she can also be seen at the Artsy Lincoln play. Horrocks, bleach, get your whites white. So, pretty important little frame. <laughs> Cannon fodder. Can I, can I get a sound effect? <laughs> oh my God, the cannon killed the baby. All right, Paul, what's your cannon? My cannon fodder. So it's me and hate monger Pat Robertson. I met him at some party. Is that Stan hosted the anti-gay palooza with Pat Robertson. It was just a momentary lapse of judgment. For at least seven years. My mind's a blank. And who's Pat Robertson? Hate monger. <laughs> Old white man. Probably a preacher of some kind. Is he, he not the Baptist? Club guy? I got, oh, yeah. I'll be honest. I uh, didn't realize I was supposed to research Pat Robertson. I know he's a name. 
I assume he's a televangelist. I think he's the 700 Club guy. I'm just going to say that. I don't know if it's for sure. That sounds right. Let's hear uh, cannon fodder. Uh, Stan finds out that Greg and Terry are gay for the first time in this episode. He He wasn't aware of it before this point. Greg and Terry, handsome, successful, eligible bachelors. We really should set them up with some nice women. We had a discussion about this a long time ago, Paul. (laughs) Duh, he knows during the Lincoln Lover episode. I'm saying, do you think he finds out in the Lincoln Lover episode that they're gay? I don't know when the Lincoln Lover episode is, Paul. It would depend. It's early. It's an early episode. Yeah, it does feel early. (sighs) And he learns in this episode, and he cannot unlearn it, that Mm -hmm. being gay is not a choice. Right. I think you're straight. What did you call me? I'm gay, damn it. This is my choice. I want to be gay. I choose to be gay. Either you are or you're not. It's not a choice. It's... It's not? No. Huh. Always thought it was. So my canon fodder from this episode is that Stan is incredibly attracted to Francine's hot sister, Gwen. God, is Gwen hot. And slender. God. Who wouldn't be? And... Is this the first time that he does this? Yeah, I don't know if I think it is the first reference to Gwen, but I also don't know if at this point we know that Francine's family is Chinese. No, I don't think we know a thing about her family just yet. So Gwen, at this point, if you were watching it, you might think Gwen is somebody who is white. <laughs> Gwen is a pretty white, yeah, pretty white name. But Stan says that she never looked more beautiful than on their wedding day. <laughs> and that dress she wore at our wedding. Oh, I have never seen her more beautiful than on that day. (laughs) Okay, the next segment is the award show. And the winner is... In this episode, there was a ton of music. Yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah, a lot of... Glitzy. Anthems, a lot of... No, it's a celebration to the gays. It's a celebration. Yes. So this week, the award... Category... Is it's all chorus and I won't be a part of it. Pop it up, pop it up, pop it up. Give, Give me some, some of that Franny Franny. Give me some of that Franny Franny. Give me. All right, enough of that. It's clearly all chorus and I won't be a part of it. Yeah. Or best song of the season. Yeah, best song sequence of the season. Season so. three. Right, and the nominees are. Do I need to do a drum roll for this? You do drum rolls for the winners. It's, I'm gonna you're shut the one. Up. It's yeah. Just say it, Paul, before I murder you. Kamataya yippee yippee yay from the magnificent Stephen. Well, my son is a sissy with a Japanese friend, but they're gonna be men when the cattle drive ends. Just one last canyon we must cross, and we'll serve these cows with a barbecue sauce. Stan sings this on the cattle drive while going crazy from Rosie Jerky. <laughs> you know, most people throw away the hoof. None for you, owls! Let's hear it for the boy from After School Special. Stan is jazzercising to... It's not Whitney Houston, you jackass. Whitney Houston isn't the one that sings Let's Hear It for the Boy? I don't think so. I think it's like the Pointer Sisters or something. I think it's Whitney Houston. Or Cindy Lauper. I think it's Whitney Houston. Okay. If you're wrong, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. I could totally be wrong. There's nobody to kick me in the nuts. I don't think it's the fucking Pointer Sisters. I think that what you're thinking of is like... I want to dance with somebody? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay, anyway. My nominee is We're Red and We're Gay from this here episode 
where Greg teaches Stan all about the log cabin Republicans with a lavish musical number. Our loafers are lies, but we still vote for the right. It's true we can't win, but we support the Fed. Okay. Are you upset that he didn't just say the title in the episode? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to you though, right? The the and the winner is Lincoln Lover. What? No, it isn't. <laughs> That's not the winner. I said the episode title. Oh, okay. Okay. This has really gone off the rails. Okay, and the winner is. <laughs> Let's hear it for the boy. Yeah, why not? Of course it is. What's the From one we've seen the most? school special. You are freaking me out. Sit down and eat. See, that what we're trying to say is that you shouldn't put so much effort into your musical numbers. It's not going to get any attention from us. Yeah, don't Don't, don't original make original songs. songs. Yeah. Just do a quick musical, musical dance. Right. And that's it. That'll win best musical. Or the context. It's Stan has just gotten back from exercising. <laughs> Whoa, Zach really kicked my ass at the gym today. That was one exhausting workout. Oh, time for my workout. And it's time for his workout. <laughs> He's got his little boom box right there on the table. It's a little bit of a fuck you to the episode that we're watching now, Lincoln Lover, <laughs> with its lavish musical number. We're mm -hmm. red and we're gay, and we're we're choosing instead. A short stint where Stan does a little dance listening to a song. Yeah, yeah. but in The Magnificent Steven, it is funny that we get to see Stan. It's another song where Stan is kind of going crazy. <laughs> he's out of his mind. What he's seeing is not real. and It's a, it's a crack Stan. Yeah, it's yeah. similar to that. Yeah, That's... when Stan is on crack, everything is beautiful. Just a really good image there at the end when he's dancing in his underwear. Come a tie ya yippee yippee. Come a tie ya yippee yippee. Dad, why are you dancing with a beer box and a fillet of fish wrapper? Okay, congratulations to after school special. <laughs> and to none of the people who write the original songs for this show. Yeah. Congratulations to After School Special and shove it when I was your alien. The next... <laughs> Not even a nomination for that. <laughs> no. The next category is Biggest Laugh. <laughs> Paul, what's your biggest laugh? <laughs> My biggest laugh is just the whole sequence of We're Red and We're Gay. It's childish and it's catchy and I've been singing We Like Each Other's Butts on the bus. That's what, see, that's what catches the lady's eye. One was going, we like each other's butts. Pum, pum. We like each other's butts and big old spending cuts. We like to pack fudge and heat. You know this episode won a GLAAD award? That makes sense. I'm, see, I never can tell what is uplifting and what is poking fun at. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I think because it's trying to break down stereotypes. Okay. Maybe, we'll sure. Say. Why not? Anyway, Anymore. what's your biggest laugh? My biggest laugh is when Roger is setting up a cheese tasting for himself and Stan, and then he turns around to get some leather-bound journals. Now I found these small leather journals, so we can record our impressions as we go. For them to make notes for each cheese that he's ordered specifically. From youngest, bonjour mon petit camembert, to most mature. Saint-Royal de Martineau. 
I am honored, sir. Then he sees that Stan has eaten all of the cheese. <laughs> cheese makes me feel better. And then Roger is just stammering in disbelief. <laughs> Can't have nice things. He's so upset. <laughs> he hand bound them by hand. Stupefying him. What? What? <laughs> but Stan will later redeem himself in Roger's eyes. That's true. In this very same episode. I want that drink. A Cuervo Cosmotini? Yeah. Sounds nice. Oh my God, what is this and how can I replace my blood with it? It's a Cuervo Cosmotinian. You can't handle tequila. No, I can't. My biggest laugh <laughs> is when Greg and Terry have been arguing all night long on the sidewalk after Terry finds out that Greg's a Republican. <laughs> and he has Heath Ledger, their dog with them, that has a head cold, so he's exhausted from them <laughs> arguing for several hours straight. <laughs> he's asleep on the sidewalk, and then Terry says, Don't you tell me you voted for he who shall not be named! Look, the war was inevitable. Freedom isn't free. Are you kidding me? And Heath Ledger's little eyes just pop open. <laughs> it's a small detail. It could almost be a box of flip-flops, but it's hilarious, and you should watch for it. <laughs> Never take your eyes off of Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger is so yeah. cute. Same stealing. Potent quotables. Steve, do you know who said I can resist anything but temptation? Um, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> it was Oscar Wilde. Oh, gosh. The best quote of the episode. Okay. For me, it's at the RNC, which is the Republican National Convention. Steve tries to stop the log cabin Republicans from entering, and then they tell him, We are invited guests of the RNC. You're invited guests of the devil! <coughs> of the devil? Yeah. Yeah, I think Scott Grimes really got Steve right this episode. Like, he's got just the everything said with a real screeching enthusiasm. It's odd to me that Steve would, being the sensitive boy that he is, <laughs> would be so fervently against it but i guess it's because stan isn't stan taking him. that job mm. right now so there's nobody really to do it because everyone else would be like whatever ultimately he's loyal to his father mm -hmm. and his dad told him what to think about this what's your potent quotable my best quote of the episode is when terry is surprised to see greg getting out of the limo Greg? Terry, I, I thought you were at Bonsai Topiary class. Heath Ledger has a head cold. That's why he's in a sweater. It's a, it's a funny, it's funny the way that he says it's subtle. Right. As a, as a slight aside, and then he just keeps going into what he was talking about. I think that's Mike Barker, right? Yes. Yeah. Good job. I'm yeah. sure he had well, several takes to get that right. <laughs> later, in some of the later seasons, or like the TBS seasons, uh, Mike Barker stops. Oh. They kill off Terry, or they get rid of Terry. I Actually oh, yeah, know. I think he might have left Greg. Yeah. yeah, because Mike Barker's not there to do the voice anymore. Dang. If Seth MacFarlane ever died, stop. all stop of those show. Just stop all it. of the shows that he's involved with would be fucked. Yeah. At that point, when Stan and Greg get out of the limo, he's like, why did you go with Stan to see the baby otters at the zoo or something like that? You took a limo with Stan to do a report on the new otters at the zoo? And otter is also a gay slang term and it means somebody who's like a bear but smaller and and more sleek but still furry see look at you remembering all the gay slang okay paul 
My quote is when Stan tells Francine that she's going to be his hag once he becomes gay, then Stan starts singing. Don't you want to be my hag? Yes, you do. It's not very good. He's not great at the singing yet. But once he pokes a guy. I'm not that great at songs yet, but once I poke a guy, I'll be a regular Sondheim. Not a Sondheim yet. (laughs) Okay, our next segment is called Doing Research. Bunky research. The question that the cruise ship guard, <laughs> attendant, host asks Stan to check to make sure that he's gay before he gets on the boat is Who is the only person to win an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony in the same year? Uh, the guy from Monk? And the answer is Bob Fosse. Boom. Who. Also won eight Tony Awards for choreography, which is more than anyone else. And it was interestingly not gay. He had three wives and another female partner. And several uh, extramarital affairs, apparently. Although he did say that he was attracted to men, but he, it was never a problem for him. And I don't know if he means like, I don't care. Or if he's <laughs> like, uh, it never went that far. The most surprisingly heterosexual man in history. (laughs) But uh, Bob Fosse, so you know, in case you ever need to get on a cruise ship. (laughs) Uh, My doing research is when Stan says, when Stan's at the party and he realizes everybody there is gay, he says, I am a pilgrim in an unholy land. Gays! They're everywhere! I am a pilgrim in an unholy land! And this is... A reference to the quote from Indiana Jones, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford are undercover at a Nazi book burning. Sean Connery says, my boy, we are pilgrims in an unholy land. Mm. So Sean Connery really likes books. <laughs> I can't believe that the Nazis are burning those books. I never watched those early Indiana Jones movies. What's your research, Paul? My research is that Bert and Ernie are referred to as gay during the We're Red and We're Gay song. Don't take our word, ask Ernie, Bert, or Manny. And today, perfect timing, a former Sesame Street writer said that he thought of Bert and Ernie as a gay couple when he wrote for them. And the Sesame Street workshop and Frank Oz immediately shut that shit down and said they are best friends, nothing more. I feel like... The level of exasperation that Bert has for Ernie <laughs> can only be explained. They take baths together. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like in the Where same Where are those tub? feet? Yeah, I think they're in the same tub, I believe. Also, which, which is a shorter one? Which is the one with the, the thin, tall head? That's Bert. That's Bert, okay. Bert's the one who's always upset. <laughs> <laughs> He's neurotic. Final thoughts. Dad is gone, and we're not going home ever again. It's a cute episode. I'm super happy that we had this chance to talk about it and mm-hmm. to giggle about it. And it's it's good stuff. It's a good good choice for the fourth best episode of season three. I think in general we don't like political right stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big mark against this mm-hmm. episode, was that it's so political. But I think it, it comes at it with a good heart 
and it's not too snide about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's a good episode. The way that we used to watch American Dad, where we just kind of watched whatever episode we felt like, mm -hmm. this was not an episode that we watched very often. No. So when we went back to try to decide what were the top episodes of the season, it was a big surprise how much we liked this particular episode. Yeah. But I think that it's the fact that it only has one plot is testament to how plot driven it is. Even Roger being a small part of it, but when he is a part of it, he's Memorable. very supportive of these changes that Stan is making. I don't know what you've done, Stan, but kudos. No notes for you. No notes for you. Because hmm. Roger is basically a flamboyant. He's pansexual. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's very pro... He appreciates the finer things. Pro Cuervo Cosmotanian. Yeah. All right. Next week is the third best episode of American Dad. Hmm. And I think we all know are the third best episode of the season. And I think we all know what that episode is. Yeah. We know, but you don't. No, the, you know too. Just okay. think Everybody about it. Knows. Everybody knows what it is. Think about it. I did um, a poll on the Instagram to see what people's top favorite episode other than joint custody because every that's like such a smoking hippies everybody loves that um and i got a lot of responses i wasn't expecting and i hate to disappoint you guys but tank gonna be those things <laughs> <laughs> you know the ones you really like no you're wrong <laughs> you are so wrong this what, what? let me let me clarify this is the top five episodes of our lives <laughs> It's not about you. But thank you for your input. I'll consider it. It's not being considered. I it don't was, care how many times it took you've seen quite some doing, but I managed to wipe my butt with it. I'll consider it <laughs> irrelevant to my top five. I okay. Just cut it. I want the episode cut when you said I wipe my butt with it. I don't want anything else. I think it's possible there just might be something wrong with your dad. Oh, yeah? There's something wrong with your dad, too. Your dad left you. Uh, I'm not comparing dads. I'm just saying yours is in his underwear, swatting at invisible owls. Oh, yeah. L let me look into that. <laughs>